Now, coming to you live from atop the Lavender Town Radio Tower, it's the one, the only, Puckle Podcast. It's Puckle! Puckle! It's Puckle! Puckle! Pokemon Underground Champions League, oh yeah. Puckle! Puckle. Welcome to the 522nd episode of the Puckle Podcast. My name is Thatch. I am your host. I am here today with my spectacular co-hosts, uh, both who are living in the mountains, or around mountains, I guess. I don't know. Are you mountain men? I don't know. Uh, we've got P. Mickey. <laughs> <laughs> hello, hello. Uh, and we've got, we've got the one and only Mark. Oh, hi. There's no other Mark. Mark's a very unique name. That's true. <laughs> uh, there's no other Mark. Never in history. I like that we have like this very like crazy litany of names uh, that people host the show. We've got like Thatch, and we've got P. McGee, and we've got Whimsicott, and we've got Claude Nine, and then we've got Mark. <laughs> <laughs> and the only thing that makes it better in my heart is I know your real name's not Mark. <laughs> <laughs> Common misconception. A lot of people think it is. <laughs> I know, it's funny. <laughs> But welcome to the Puckle Podcast. Puckle, of course, stands for the Pokemon Underground Champions League, a nonsensical name we came up with in 2007, uh, where we talk everything Pokemon, from the trading card game to the video game to everything in between. Uh, it's definitely 2007, unlike what the uh, Spotify or anywhere you watch the podcast tells you episode one came out on, because if you look at episode two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, they all came out on the same day because of a re-upload. <laughs> Coil. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> We did it. We uh, we called him out on the show. That's all that matters. Uh, <laughs> yeah, we can stop now. Yep, that was the yeah, the show's over now. Actually, <laughs> that's always that's always stepped in for this week. That's uh, 522 episodes. The show's over now. It was all one massive burn for Coil. <laughs> <laughs> for one man. But we talk everything here on the show, from the trading card game to the video game to everything in between. We're talking video game. We mostly talk video game. I don't know why I have that tagline yes. anymore. I mean, I like talking about the TCG, like, but right now the TCG is just, like, insane. And <laughs> you can't play it if you wanted to in person because you've got to buy the cards. And I don't know how you buy Pokemon cards anymore unless it's, like, from some guy's trunk because he, like, mugged a van that was delivering them to, a, like, an orphanage or something. And, like... <laughs> or McDonald's. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised. Okay, okay. So they totally... I mean, I don't know if you all heard the story, but there was a story early on when this, like, all started, all the scalping, where they were putting mm -hmm. trackers on target delivery trucks. Oh, God. Really? Yeah. Yeah, I think I heard something about that. They literally put trackers on it, and they were following them from store to store. I wish I believed in the value of cardboard that much. That's wild. But why yeah. even put a tracker on them? I mean, just, you know where the stores are. Just, <laughs> just go to them. <laughs> I think it's in order to, like, time it out to, like, know which store they're going to next. Oh, so you can just swoop in? So you just swoop in, buy everything out before they get there. Or, by, well, like, right after they deliver. Jeez. Because you care that much about the Pokemon card market. I don't know. Like, uh, I used to be on Verbank City. Well, I'm still on Verbank City, unfortunately, on Facebook. <laughs> it was one of, like, the bigger Facebook groups to be on for that. And they always used to just talk about, like, what decks were good and stuff like that. And that was really interesting for me. Because, like, I'm not, like, super big into the TCG. I'm definitely not a deck builder. I'll never be, like, a meta changer or anything. 
mm-hmm. but it's really interesting to see what's going on. And now that entire Facebook group has devolved into like, do you think buying this would be a good investment? <laughs> <laughs> no, that's literally what the, it, it's like. It's it's like watching a worst Wall Street bets. So, I mean, I'm surprised people are still on that train. I thought that kind of it hasn't ended stopped or at least calmed down i mean maybe it's calmed down i i did see that they overstocked pokemon cards for christmas which makes me very happy yeah that's good i i'm very happy about that but i am just blown away by some of the like things that are going on because they're just like well if i buy this sealed booster box from this set and like sometimes it's not even like that old of a set Mm -hmm. and they're just like yeah i think it'll appreciate in value you know and i'm just like man what a waste of time you know, it's wild to me having gone, having lived through the first fad of Pokemon cards back in, you know, the late yeah. 90s. And, like, everyone had the same mentality, you know, it was post-Beanie Baby, so they're like, oh, yeah, we'll buy all these cards, this, you know, this shiny Charizard, it's gonna be worth millions. And it's mm-hmm. like, everybody kind of stopped caring after about a year, and <laughs> all of a sudden, everybody's like, oh, yeah, man, all these Pokemon cards, they're so great. Pokemon cards definitely, like, dipped off in, like, after Gen 2, for sure. Yeah. 100%. Yeah. I remember liking the EXs when those first came out in Gen 3. Mm-hmm. Those were cool when I was a kid. But, yeah, I, I remember a lot of the classic Pokemon cards. I got to see a shiny Charizard uh, card in a store not too oh. long ago. That was kind of neat. Oh, really? Ooh. I don't know if it was a first edition or not. I don't know. It was, a, it was a $500 card, so it was a... I don't know what value that makes it, but it was it was interesting seeing a childhood card be worth that much. I will say that. Yeah, it's weird. It was worth like a hundred bucks back in the day, I think. Yeah. Like, I remember P was expensive. They are expensive, and I do not want to get into that life. I, I'm yeah, sitting over right. here waiting for TCG Live to happen, and like, just go play TCG. <laughs> just go play some TCG on stream or something. But like, oh man, no, that definitely is, uh, the TCG is nuts right now, and I don't know how I can get into it again. Like, I definitely don't want to play it in person anymore just because, Mm -hmm. uh, like I tell everybody, my friend circle's full, right? Mm -hmm. And I don't want to, like, go to league and try to make new friends. And sometimes the people that go to those leagues aren't, like, the best people. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. They aren't the best people. Like, I had an interaction with one of the guys who was... uh, So, like, I, I I was somewhat involved when I lived in Columbus. And then once I moved to Dayton... I met, like, one of the guys who was in the league, and I was like, oh, maybe I should start going, you know? And, like, I was talking with this guy, and I was just like, oh, I do not want to hang out with you. (laughs) And so I was just like, I will not do this then. (laughs) And that is when Thatch got out of the TCG in print. I had a similar experience when I started doing D&D, like, randomly to try to meet people. That was real crapshoot. Yeah, I feel like that'd be a real hodgepodge. Yeah. I feel like if you do anything game store related, you've got, like, I, I don't want to be stereotypical because, I mean, obviously, like, I'm very into D&D and stuff like that, and I wouldn't call myself, like, the quote-unquote stereotypical nerd, though I would call myself, like, the quote-unquote actual nerd. <laughs> like, I, I'm a very standard nerd, but not the stereotypical nerd. But, like, you get a lot of those stereotypical nerds at, like, game right. stores. And they're honestly pretty insufferable. Yeah, there's a reason they're going there to meet friends and they don't have friends to already play with. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Very true. Yeah, that's one of those things I've noticed. And uh, yeah, I 
I thought about doing Adventures League for D&D because I never get to play D&D anymore. I just get to run D&D now. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And uh, <laughs> DM for life. Yeah, I was just like, mm, I don't know that I want to I want to go to the store and do that. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know that that's the right place for me to go. It's not exactly my jam. <laughs> I definitely tried getting into the Super Smash Brothers scene or like mm-hmm. the uh, what was it? I think like on Wii during college and I just you know, it was real hodgepodge. There was a couple events where it was cool people and then sometimes I was just happy to leave after a couple of hours. Oh so, I get you. It's hard. Um I mean you can meet some cool people there, but like it's better if you come and do that with like a friend or two so you don't feel obligated to Absolutely overly socialize. I think that's true for pretty much everything in that space. Like yeah. even going to Pokemon regionals or like going to a Pokemon premiere event or something like that. I don't know that I would go there on my own. No. I mean, I've thought about like midnight releases, how I used to go to those during high school and college. And now I, I wouldn't go by myself anymore. I would definitely oh, need oh, to bring yeah. someone. Absolutely. Just so I, I don't have to, I, there, there's some cool people at those that there always have been, but. It's something it's nicer to go with a, a friend at this point in time than be. You need that safety. You need that safety net. <laughs> yeah. Cause I've run into it once or twice where you just get stuck in a conversation with someone you want to, and you can't walk away cause you're standing in line. And yeah. so you're just kind of stuck there. Yep. It's a captive audience situation. Oh, I get you. I get you. <laughs> I've had those before. Yeah. That's one of those things. Just like it's a crapshoot going to these things. And I don't know. I, Maybe it's just that I'm 30 and I'm like very jaded at this point in my life. <laughs> like maybe, maybe like five years ago when I was 25, maybe I'd be like, yeah, that's not that bad. But now I'm just like, mm, no thanks. <laughs> <laughs> I've got a couch at home, you know? <laughs> yeah, I've never seen the appeal of going to those myself. Yeah, I, I mean, it was fun at first. And I think going to premiere events, if you go to like a good location that like has people that knows how to run them. You can have a lot of good times, mm-hmm. uh, especially pre-releases. Like, I really enjoy Pokemon pre-releases, even outside of, like, just being a TCG player. If you, like, casually like the TCG, going to a pre-release, grabbing a box with a few packs, and just, like, essentially just building a deck for funsies out of whatever garbage cards you have, I think it's a blast. So, I, I would recommend that uh, if they start up, then, as long as you're following proper COVID guidelines and whatnot. So, definitely, definitely think about that. Yeah. But you know what? We we did an intro, so I think it's time for us to talk about the news. <laughs> <laughs> so let's cue that epic music. Coming to you live from the Lavender Town Radio Tower, this just in. And welcome to the news. Our news today has things in it. Uh, they actually announced something for Pokemon Legends Arceus because it's been two weeks since BDSP came out, so why not? And we got news, to nobody's surprise, that Hisuian Voltorb's a thing. Yay. I, 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 I really, this one, like, upsets me. I, I, uh, I have, like, a mini rant about, about it on stream the other day. Really? <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Please inform me of this distaste. Uh, yeah. I'm actually quite excited with this one. No, no. Yeah. I think so. I think it's a really, it's really cool because it's electric grass and like the. I have no issues with the Pokemon itself. Like, I'll, mm-hmm. I'll be straight with that. The thing I hate is so I, I've been following like the leaker community, obviously, 
um, because yeah. I like to, I need to be up to date on what's going on in the community and the trends and whatnot. That way, when people ask me about things like that, I can reply. <laughs> yeah. Right. And so one of the things that happened was people are just, um, this was like a, le- a leak. I'm putting leaks in quotes, like very heavily that there was going to yeah, be yeah. a Hisuian Voltorb like months ago. Right. And yeah. I'm like, I am familiar well, yeah. with this as well. Yeah. Yeah. I'm like, this is very low hanging fruit. They introduced yeah, like a honest. very specific style of like old new Pokeball. And I'm like, I could have predicted that <laughs> there's going to be a Hisuian <laughs> Voltorb. And I, I think I did like when we talked about Hisuians we wanted. I'm like, I think Voltorb might happen and it's probably going to be like electric grass. And that's 100% what we got. <laughs> um, but it upsets me because I, my IRL friends like follow these leakers and they're like so convinced they're right. And yeah. they're just not um, like, it's just one of those instances where it's just like, yeah, they got really low hanging fruit mm-hmm. and they did it. Yay. Good for them. <laughs> Remember uh, all those uh, leaks that ended up being incorrect. Yeah. I, well, cause the one, the, 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 okay. So these are the same leakers that keep claiming like we're going to get his evolutions for the starters. Oh, yeah. And I'm just like, please stop, please stop. It's not going to happen. And then you're all going to be upset that it didn't happen. Right. And then you're going to be like, this is awful. Why can't Typhlosion be not a Typhlosion? And it's just like, oh, please, please stop. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, uh, Hisuian Voltorb's cool, though. Like the Pokemon, I just I'm upset about the cultural relevance. (laughs) Absolutely. I'm curious to see with the Hisuian Voltorb, because I made a big thing about how like there's a bunch of seeds in its body. I'm curious to see if some of those start to sprout when it evolves. And so like mm. maybe Electrode looks vastly different or we see a Hisuian evolution. Because I, I could see the grass aspect really playing into the evolution here if they um, go that route. I could see it not being Electrode. I could totally see yeah, not yeah. Electrode happening. Um, like a completely and, different Mon. Yeah, just kind of like Berserker, you know? Um yeah. Yeah, you're probably I, I get, right because it's not like it's just going to be turned over, right? Yeah, I mean, they, well, they could do the thing where it turns over. Uh, they, what's really cool is if you actually like go and read through the press release, there's like a really cool back lore for Voltorb in general now, um, which oh, is really? really cool because like Vol- so it, so like we're just like, oh, why is Voltorb Voltorb, right? Um, in the game, this is stupid. It's just a Pokeball, and it's because one, the Pokemon Voltorb first like evolved to start mimicking the Apricorns that Pokeballs were made out of. And then once Pokeballs oh. were made, it started mimicking those Pokeballs. Oh, I like that. Yeah, isn't it? It's like, it's literally like a 25 year like explanation, which is really great. Uh, <laughs> well, because otherwise it's like, wow, this Pokemon uh, immediately evolved to look like something that was like probably yeah. recent technology. No, it, it's, it's really cool. Like if they were to come up with something similar for like Magnemite, I think it would be really cool. Yeah. Honestly, just for any Pokemon that is based on like an object per se, like, I think it would be interesting to see have that happen. Um, uh, by the way, there's also a stop motion f- animated film with him that's on YouTube. And there's going to be a second part releasing later this week. I believe the 14th. That's Tuesday, right? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Checks out. So that's cool. Right. Yeah. I don't know. Vol- Hisui and Voltorb's cool. I mean, it's it's weird that it's in Legends. I I really want these Pokemon to come to Swish just because there's so many new ones. Mm-hmm. In Legends Arceus, and I think they could be like they could be meta changers. I don't think they will. Like I'm not they convinced. Could be. I would love for it. The only thing that gives me like not hope that you won't get these Pokemon in Swish is that they didn't update Nosepass's evolution method. 
Um, this is like a very nitpicky thing, but they just didn't do that. So I, I don't know. Oh, like it still evolves through Mount Coronet. Yeah. Well, cause he only evolves at Mount Coronet, but like, if you think about, uh, like you think about like Magneton, Magneton's been updated. So it's just Thunderstone in BDSP. It's, it's Thunderstone or is it Mount Coronet? And it's both. It's both. It, it's both. It's got two. Evolution Interesting. Methods. It's got Interesting. both evolution methods. Yeah. You can both use a Thunderstone and do Mount Coronet for Magneton, Magneton and BDSP. That's cool. I wasn't aware. Yeah. Uh, I mean, same thing technically for, uh, Leafeon and Glacian. I don't think Ice Stones in BDSP are available in BDSP at least. Yeah, but the Leaf Stone might be. Uh, the Leaf Stone 100% is. Be. It has to be. Yeah. 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 It has to be. So you can evolve Eevee with the Leaf Stone and get Leafeon. That's good. That's the way it should have been. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that was a good retcon, so I'm all for it. Uh, but we'll see. Absolutely. We'll see. All right. Well, let's move uh-huh. on. Yeah, so the sixth episode of Pokemon Evolutions has released and focuses on Xenia. Uh, episode seven, titled The Show, will release on December 16th, so they're pumping a couple of these out right now. Yeah, they're just pumping them out, like, yeah. every week, uh, yeah. I think, after Christmas, essentially. Which is fun. I went yeah. ahead and watched through all of them they're cute. Uh, the other day. They're yeah. cute. I, I, I don't like them as much as I liked the Generations ones they did. But I can totally oh, yeah. respect yeah. them not wanting to do as much as they did for that. Right. Yeah, that was a much more... Because that was a full season's worth of episodes, right? It was 18, I think, if I recall yeah. correctly. It was was it that many? Wow. Yeah. Okay. It was 18. And it only covered the first six generations. It was three episodes per generation. I mean, I would have appreciated maybe two, but again, generations still exist, and it's not like they came up with new stories for Gen 2 and Gen 3 for them to go over. Um, and so that's just, just something to, to, to put out there. Uh, Mark, talk about your favorite game, Pokemon Unite. Oh, man. So, Dragonite has been announced as an upcoming character. Uh, release on December 20th during the special holiday event, which begins on the 15th. Uh, which Yay. also adds Delibird and Articuno as opponents in uh, Shiver. Shiver City. And Tauros, Cubju, Beartick, Stantler, and Pampor to Remote Island. Um New mode, which involves attacking a snowman as a snowball. I don't know what that even means. I don't um, either. It means exactly <laughs> what you just said. <laughs> <laughs> and the Illumination Challenge runs also from December 15th through January 16th and allows you to collect items in light by cl- uh, completing challenges. You can then exchange these lights for items. Like Santa hats. Yeah. Uh, which is really fun because, like, I don't know if you can get enough points in- to get the Santa hat until, like, after Christmas, like, well after Christmas. So nobody's going to be like, yeah, I want to wear the Santa hat in, like, June 10th, you know? I mean, maybe. Maybe. I don't know. I'm into it. <laughs> so, <laughs> speaking of Unite, uh, we've gotten, we've gotten confirmation that they've gotten 50 million downloads, both on mobile and Switch so far. That's a lot. Interesting. That's actually yeah. a lot. Like, and that's just, if you assume that even everybody like downloaded it twice, which they probably did to get the free Pikachu and whatnot. Uh, <laughs> that's like that, that's still twenty five million people. Yeah, that's quite a few. That's more. Yeah. That's like twenty five times the people who bought Pokemon Mystery Dungeon DX. It's oh. true. Uh, it's tragic, but it's true. <laughs> it's true. I, I McGee, I'm still there. I'm, I was there for you. Okay, I said. They should put mm-hmm. Deoxys and Celebi in BDSP if you have save data for Mystery Dungeon DX and Pokemon Snap. That's all I'm that saying. That would have been nice. That would have been that nice. Been nice. <laughs> People would have they, spent $60 on BDSP just to get Deoxys. Or on uh, um, Mystery Dungeon just to get Deoxys. Yeah, they totally would have. 100%. Uh, 
That is that is very, very possible. But oh, until uh so starting January 9th until uh January 31st, if you log into Pokemon Unite, you will get two thousand EOS tickets, which are worth things in the game. Uh but I guess we're gonna move on to Pokemon Go because Tiny Tourney's gonna be op- over by the time this takes this happens. Yeah, tragically. Uh so one a couple big things in the Pokemon Go world. First we have uh the next event, which has been announced, it's the holiday event, and it's running December 16th through the 31st, and introduces Bergmite into the game. Uh, costume Pokemon will appear in the game. Pikachu in a holiday hat, holiday Delibird, Stantler and Cubchoo will return, while Holiday Sfeel and Glaceon will be added, and all can be shiny. Uh, it's broken up into several parts. Part 1 running the 16th through the 23rd. Uh, increased spawns of Pikachu, Swinub, Stantler, Delibird, Snowrun, a lot of the Ice-type Pokemon and Ice-adjacent Pokemon. Uh, Pikachu and others in one-star raids. Um, what is it? Pikachu, Alolan, Voltex, Swinub, Stantler, Sfeel, Cubchoo, and Kragonal will be in some field research you can do. Part 2, which is the more interesting part, is where running December 23rd through the 31st, this is where Bergmite and Avalug will start to appear. Yay! Um, you get... You get an incubator for spinning a Pokestop each day, which is also pretty oh, great. Wow. Uh, new timed research. Uh, we'll add an encounter with Galarian Mr. Mime. Um, some ch- slight change ups to what's in the raids and eggs, but nothing wild, just the kind of Pokemon you'd expect. And then Winter Wonderland is running on December 25th and 26th. It's a little mini event. Uh, you can, there's a collection challenge to trade for Swinub, Snowrunt, Sfeel, Snover, Venolite, uh, and Cubchoo. And gives you an encounter with Glaring Mr. Mime. And then trade distance will be 40 kilometers during the duration of that event. Whew. Nice. Good That's job, Mickey. It is a lot. <laughs> you did it. Don't worry. If you anymore. like Ice-type Pokemon, this is your kind of event. This is your right. time to shine. I can think of one person specifically. <laughs> I can think of, and I know we all are thinking about it. Yeah. yeah. Uh, oh, here, Mark, tell us about the things that we knew that were coming for the past year. Yeah, so Niantic has announced that Powered Up Pokestops are going to be soon available worldwide. I think they, yeah, they put something out uh, in, in the game about this recently, I was reading. Uh, it allows you to power up Pokestops and gems for a short time by completing AR mapping tasks. All trainers who spin a Powered, Poke, uh, powered Up Pokestop will get more rewards, and there are three levels, um, depending on the number of scans you get in. Um... I'm curious to see what this is going to actually look like. I imagine it's going to be like gyms. Like, it has to be like gyms, right? Like, where you level up the gym based on the badge. The impression, I thought, it seemed like they weren't, like, permanent power-ups, I guess? I don't know. I don't know. Also, you telling me that you, like, saw something in the Pokemon Go app and you were just, like, reading it one morning makes me, it feels like you were at your, your kitchen table one morning reading the paper and you're like, honey... Did you hear about the powered up poker stops? <laughs> and then your wife kind of looks at you and goes, "You need to stop talking to Thatch." Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> we need to talk about your addiction, honey. Thatch is just a figment of your imagination. He's not real. Uh, <laughs> he's not real. Uh, in Fuckle news, uh, Advent calendar is still going on. Uh, by the time this comes out, it's halfway over. But uh, patrons at the ten dollar level are getting bonus giveaways because they typically get one a week anyway. So we just made it seven a week. 
Um, which is now that saying that part out loud makes me a little uncomfortable, uh, but <laughs> yeah. it's, uh, it's a lot of Pokemon. We're doing that until December t- uh, 24th. So be there or be square, get your Pokemon. Um, I don't remember what's on the agenda for Monday because there are a lot of Pokemon on that list and I've already messed it up and, uh, Sigma's called me out for it. So <laughs> we had a, we have a good time. Uh, also don't forget to take the Puckle survey. I believe we're at like 130 ish responses. If we get to 200, I'll, we're definitely going to be giving away to the community shiny, uh, Sinnoh starters and BDSP. So Woo-hoo. yeah, do that. Do that. We need to do that by, uh, December 31st. Yes. Yeah. So basically three weeks still. Yeah, three weeks. There's there's some time, but you should just do it now. It's in the show notes. It's on the uh, it's on the Discord. Go do it. On that note, though, I think that's everything we needed to talk about. So we are gonna kick it on over to Puckle's Pokey Quiz, where we're going to quiz your co-host on their insane Pokemon knowledge. Oh, hi, and welcome to the Pokey Quiz, the part of the show where we quiz our co-hosts on their insane Pokemon knowledge. I'm Mark, here to explain the rules. Our fabulous co-hosts will work as a team to answer five Pokemon-themed trivia questions that fans have submitted on the Discord server. Each question is worth one point, with Pokedex and multiple answer questions worth more, for a total of seven points. The host can use a free hint at any time. If they get all the answers correct and do not use the hint, they can cash it in for an eighth point. And welcome to our Puckles Pokey Quiz. Uh, thank you for that introduction, other Mark. That doesn't have a head cold. And we are going to go <laughs> ahead and we're going to jump right into it. Our first question this week is going to come from Retro. And Retro would like to know, in all of the water egg groups, water one, water two, water three, there is only one ghost type Pokemon line. What is it? In the water egg group? Oh, boy. Um, um, so Frillish is in there, but yeah. I don't know if that fits in the water egg groups. I'm trying to think of what other Corsola oh. might be in there. Yeah, like Corsola Galarian Corsola. Actually, yeah. I could see Galarian Corsola being in there. Um, yeah, that one really stands out to me. There's Delmise, but I think he's in his own special group. Like, right. you don't think he's in that group. Um, Corsola strikes me as something. Well, that might be Mineral. Corsola might be mineral group. I don't really know egg groups that Me well. Neither. I can't believe that's gave us. I just a throw a this was easier good. than the other one. <laughs> okay, <laughs> than my other choice. Um, I mean, I'm okay with trying Corsola. Okay, that's fine. We'll say Galarian Corsola. Final answer. Tell us we're wrong. Galarian Corsola is correct. Uh, Galarian <laughs> Corsola and Corsola are correct. Jellicent, uh, the Jellicent line isn't actually in any of the water egg groups. It is only in the amorphous egg group. Oh, interesting. Uh, because it's, it, that's like where the, the like the ghost and shellless mollusk like Pokemon are. He's a jellyfish. Interesting. So. All right. Well, you're Ooh. one for one. You guys are doing really well so far. Um, yes. Uh, do you want a question about Let's Go or do you want a question about Pokemon sprites? Oh, oh. It's not uh, the Let's Go you're thinking of, by the way, so don't. Pikachu and Eevee? Uh, yeah, it's not what you're thinking of. What do you think? I don't know. I don't know. Sprites, it is. This one is from from Sly. What pair of mainline Pokemon games are the only ones to have different Pokemon sprites, like the two versions? 
between the two of them have different Pokemon sprites? <sighs> the only one um, to have different what, Pokemon first sprites. Gen what do you mean by different ones? Or am I misremembering that? What? Sorry? Say again? Gen 1. I thought Gen 1 had different uh, sprites for red and blue. Oh, you know what? If that sounds good to you, I'll believe you because I really don't know. Um, and I can't. I think that was correct. I mean, I know they had different versions, obviously, from the uh, the Japanese release to the American release. But yeah, I, th- I think they had different between the two. Okay, I'll believe you. I got nothing to counter with. Uh, it's been, I don't know. Red and blue is unfortunately incorrect. No. <clears throat> Red and blue didn't actually have different sprites uh, between the two versions. Um, most generations, what happens is you have like improved sprites in like the third version, and so right. red and blue followed that trend, where red and blue had the same sprites, and then yellow had better sprites. Oh, okay, Maybe um, that's what I'm thinking of. Uh, also, not to mention like red and green happened as well, uh, right. and then red and blue happened, it, which was like already souped up red and green, and then we got yellow, which was just like we made things right again. Um, the answer actually is uh, Pokemon Gold and Silver. They're the only ah. two to have done that. Yeah, so if you actually play a silver version, you have different sprites in it than the gold version, huh, which is okay. uh, very interesting to think about. Interesting. And in, in Crystal, you have different ones as well, and Crystal actually has animations for the sprites. That's the I remember that. that ever did that. I, I very specifically remember that. It was that a big deal. Being a kid. Yeah. Yeah. It was a Gave big him deal. life. It was a big deal. All right. Well, that gives you guys, uh, unfortunately, you are <laughs> one for two. Uh, you can use the hint without worry about wasting something now, I guess. Um, Yay. So, on to question three, which is a Pokedex entry question. This one is going to come to you from... I'm going to do this one from Spike. Okay. Okay. It's Pokemon Sun Pokedex entry reads, Despite its adorable appearance, when it gets angry and flails about, its arms and legs could knock a pro wrestler sprawling. Who's that Pokemon? Arms and legs. Um, It's adorable. I couldn't... I couldn't even begin to guess at the moment. <laughs> I have nothing. Arms and legs flailing. Um, I'm trying to think of like a a cute that's... Pokemon that's also like a powerful. Yeah, right. Um, uh, I don't think we're getting the bonus point on this question. <laughs> well, we need to ask something. You do uh, have the hint too. If you want to use the hint here, you could do that. You mm, too. I don't know about s- using the hint here. And I'd rather save it for question four. Right. We- uh, let's say this is Sun and Moon. This is for Sun. Um, sun. Yeah. Maybe some kind of normal. Maybe a fighting type. Maybe a fairy type. Yeah, fighting type makes sense to me. What's a cute fighting type? Yeah, it's a. Is there? Yeah, I don't know. Mankey's kind of cute, right? Riolu? Actually, you know what? We could do Riolu. Sure. Let's, let's do Riolu. Riolu is incorrect. So your second entry is going to come to you from Pokemon Sword. And okay. its cool. sword entry is going to read, Its fluffy fur is delight is a delight to pet, but care, uh, carelessly reaching out to touch this Pokemon could result in a painful retaliation. Okay. Fluffy... Fluffy fur. Oh, you know uh, what? It's probably you... Stuffle. Oh! Is Stuffle fluffy, though? I mean, it's a stuffed animal, right? Okay. Like, that's its whole thing. I... And it's a fighting type. And it's cute. Right? I could believe that. I, I, I got nothing to counter with, so I'll, I'm willing to go with you on it. Yeah, let's try Stuffle. 
Stuffle is correct. Yes. Uh, thanks, you guys. Two for three. You're doing pretty well. We're here. so good at this. I know, uh, right? Okay, your next question is going to be worth up to three <laughs> points here. Yeah. Um, there are four answers. I only need three of them. One point for each answer you give me. You get two strikes. Okay. This question is going to come from Rapture. Excluding Arceus, what types have not been represented on any mythical Pokemon? Mythical Pokemon, not legendary Pokemon. Mythical. 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 All right. Oh, boy. Um, has there are four types normal, that have not. Has normal appeared on a, on a mythical? On a mythical. I don't think it has. You will need to lock in answers with me. Like yeah, I said. let's yeah, lock yeah. it in. That is incorrect. <laughs> uh, uh, Wait. <laughs> uh, Meloetta would like to talk to you. <laughs> Oh. Darn you, Meloetta. Okay, let's take a moment with this. All right, so yeah. rock type, uh, Gen 1, no. Gen 2, no. Gen 3, no. Gen 4, who are the mythicals in Gen 4? Wait, what about Diancie? Diancie is a mythical, yep, so that's no good. Uh, so... Ground is a very peculiar typing that may not have shown up in a mythical. Oh, God, let me think about mythicals. Um... I need something to like, write on to write down the types that I know are definitely having those so i don't say that i don't i think you're right though i think ground may not yeah um, ground doesn't strike me as one that has uh had one i'm trying to think it's six seven and eight so six no seven um magirna so no eight didn't have it i don't think either no yeah let's let's lock in ground Ground is correct. That's one of them. That's one point. All right. There are three more to go. And we can't get any more wrong, or we can get one more wrong? You can get one more wrong. Okay. Um, <laughs> get one more wrong. Okay, so, so we, I'm, gonna, I'm going... I, I have the type chart pulled up now, so I'm going to go through it. Bug is no, because we've got Genesect. Yeah, Dark Genesect. is no, because of Hoopa. Right. Dragon is... Uh, I feel like Dragon exists. Does um, it? As a mythical, I feel like it should exist as a mythical. It should, but I don't know if it does. I know. Now that I'm like going through this, I'm wondering if it does. Because I mean, it's overrepresented in legendaries, but I don't think it's in mythicals. Now I'm thinking about it. Um, who's the Gen Eight mythical? No, there's a root, so that's no good. Yeah. Um, wow, is Dragon really not one of them? That'd I don't be think shocking. it is. Let's try it. Let's do. Let's okay. lock in Dragon. Dragon is also correct. That's two. There's a, there are two more. Okay. I only need one more. Um. That's Actually, fine. if you get if you get the other two without getting using the hint, I'll give you four points. I'll be generous. Today. All right. Okay. All right. Yeah. Um, electric. So has Zeraora. Fairy. We has plenty. Right. Fighting has Meloetta. Technically. Mm-hmm. So fire has Volcanion. Flying. 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 Celebi's flying, uh, isn't it? No. Grass psychic. Oh, that's right. Grass. Right. Um. So flying. I feel like flying. Shaman. Shaman has a flying form. Oh, flying. Yeah, I guess so. Ghost with the um, Hoopa. Grass with Sarud. Ground, we already said. Ice. 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 Is there an ice type mythical? I don't think there is. Uh, not a One, mythical. Right? I don't. I'm trying to think. Because, like. I don't think so. Okay, well, there's two yeah. left. Hold on. Let's hold off for a second. So there's okay. ice, which we're not sure about. Poison, which I don't think exists. Psychic exists. Rock exists. Oh, yeah. yeah. Steel exists. Water exists. Yeah. So it'd have to be poison and ice. Yeah, poison those and ice. Two left. Let's do it. All let's right. lock it in. Those are Got both em. correct. Woohoo! Yeah. Uh, yeah. 
Uh, you've got, uh, I'll give you some examples of all of them, but you said most of them. Uh, normal, mellow, like we said. Psychic, I mean, yes. Uh, yeah, everywhere. Yeah, um, right. Grass, yeah, grass is answer. also a lot of places. Uh, steel is Jirachi or uh-huh. even Magirna. Um, dark or- and Darkrai, Hoop Unbound. Flying, Shaman Skyform, I believe, is the only one. Um, yeah, fire, yeah. you've got Victini, Volcanium. Um, fighting, you've got a lot, actually. You've got Meloetta, you've got Keldeo, you've got Marshall. Oh, yeah. yeah. Um, you've, uh, you've got Bug and Genesect, also Steel and Genesect. Um, rock and Diancy, which I believe is the only rock type. Mm-hmm. Uh, fairy, and I think is the only fairy type one right now. Diancy. Oh, Diancy. Yeah, Diancy. Yep. <laughs> Never mind, you're right. Uh, Ghost and Marshadow and Hoopa. Uh, and Electric and Zeraora. I don't think there's another one. No. Electric, no, I don't think there is. But, uh, yeah. All right, but that uh, I'll give you the four points. Why not? Um, that's uh, that gives you guys six points total today. We're so good. Yeah, right. Um, <laughs> yeah, you still have the hint too. So like you're doing, I you're know. doing pretty good. We're rocking. You can go for seven today. Uh, this next one is going to come to you from I'm going to say Sly. Everyone is aware that Shedinja has the lowest base HP of all Pokemon. That's a given. However, which Pokemon has the second lowest base HP? We would oh, like to man. cash in our hint, please. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> this Pokemon has a regional form, and the regional form is tied for the lowest base HP with that Pokemon. Oh, I think it's Diglett, to be honest. I'm oh, you're, like, you're probably like, right. I think Diglett has like a 20 or some kind of garbage. Um, yeah. Because that's like, that's like the horrible thing about Diglett, and Dugtrio is not much better. Um, they have right. just trash HP. Right. Yeah, I'm, I'm down for that. Okay. Diglett, please. All- Diglett is correct with a base yes. stat of 10. Uh, uh, next, uh, next is a lot of ties. Uh, Magikarp, Pichu, Shuckle, Feebas, Duskull, and Mime Jr. at 20. And Avro, Magnemite, Wimpod, and Blipbug at 25. Ooh. So that gives you guys 7 points today, which does change up the standings. Um, I think it does at least. We'll find out. Um, hey, most points I've gotten in one of these so far. So uh, I can tell. Ooh. Um, (laughs) i can tell Uh, as i'm typing it in let's see i'm gonna go ahead we're gonna we're gonna i mean to be fair you got you technically got six points on your own or whatever fine yeah um i gave you the bonus point because i i i like you so thanks well thank you guys you're you're always (laughs) welcome uh all right in first place we've got whimsicott with 24 points in second place we have seth vilo with 20 in third place, we have Sublime with 19. Tied for fourth, we've got our Sigma and Jushira with 18. Within shooting distance, though, we've got in sixth place, uh, Mark with 17. Uh, tied for seventh, we've got Linian and P. McGee with 15. In ninth, we've got Claude 9 with 9. In tenth, we've got Shamu with 8. And uh, that's it. That's the, that's the, that's the thing. Uh, nice. If you want more Puckles Poke Quiz, tune in next week. And we'll give you more, probably. Uh, until Probably. then, we're, we're going to kick it on over to the topic. Hey, would you like a green Tauros badge? Well, you can have one. If you come over to our Patreon at patreon.com slash pucklepodcast, we are going to be giving them out once we hit $850. We're going to be giving those to every patron at the $10 plus tier because uh, we love you guys. We'd love to see this project project made. Of course, if we hit any other thresholds on the way there, such as $800 for the week-long giveaways to the community, that would also happen as well. So, if you'd be interested in getting a green Taurus badge, be f- feel free. Come on over. Uh, if you can't support the show, don't worry about it. You just listening is enough for us. So, until then, though, guys, I'm Thatch, and I'll catch you guys on the flip-flop. And welcome to 
our topic. Our topic today is going to be uh, glitchy games and Pokemon, which is mm, like the first 10 years. Yeah. First decade, more or less. Uh, I think Gen 3 is pretty solid. I don't know if there's any like notable glitches, but uh, I'm going to find out actually because my curiosity has peaked. But Mark suggested this one, so I'm going to let Mark talk about things that he was thinking about. I mentioned before, I'm, I've am i started playing Pokemon back in the original release, and mm-hmm. uh, I even had a wonderful website with uh, uh, Pokemon-themed hacks and tips on it, uh, most of which were wrong, but, you know, the... <laughs> As is tradition. Yeah, so, but, you know, like, I remember vividly just how crazy it was to, to get Missing No originally and that was one of the defining things oddly enough of the game at least if you played it enough was everybody knew about missing no you had a 100 rare candies you had 100 master balls um you know it was just it was an easy way to kind of glitch your way through the game and get into a point you know assuming it didn't destroy your game in the process uh, you know get anything you wanted essentially um Mm -hmm. i also remember in gen 2 there was a cloning uh glitch yes i remember that that i exploited a lot Mm mm-hmm I don't know if those were exactly glitches, if they if that was like or an exploit, I guess. It, I I, yeah. I would call that more of an exploit because it's more of like it's more of dealing with the way the game handled data than it right. was like the code's badly written, you know? Yeah, okay, that's fair. But regardless, you know, I think, you know, right now a lot of what I'm seeing about BDSP are these various um exploits and glitches and thing, you know, windows that were put incorrectly in in the game. But, you know, these things are rightfully criticizable, but I think it's also important to remember like, you know, going back, you know, Pokémon was always full of these kinds of things. And, you know, I think what you said starting off with the thatch is we started having more stable games for a long time and uh, now we're yes. kind of going back to our roots uh yeah in a bad way i think i don't know like yeah I, I think it's really funny for a lot of reasons one because if you look at the code of bdsp they mm-hmm. they literally just it, i kid you not like from what i understand from a lot of the developing stamp develop like people who who understand code and the data minders it really looks like they took gen 4's code and they took gen 8's code and they were just like now kiss <laughs> in the back of in the back end it's literally diamond and pearl in og diamond and pearl you had the uh, game boy slot encounters if you had uh like fire red in the cartridge you could catch like elicate or something like that in certain oh, places really? they uh they had these it was really cool um i'm literally waiting for a uh nintendo ds capture card to uh mod to co- go back on the market so i can do that exactly on stream mm-hmm. <laughs> but yeah they had this they had this thing where you could like put a Game Boy game in the uh, bottom cartridge, uh, and it would change what Pokemon you find. And that is still in the code of BDSP. Huh. Really? Like, there's data for, like, if you have Fire Red inserted, this Pokemon will pop up on the route. <laughs> That's awesome. In the encounter tables, yeah. I, I think BDSP has, like, some issues, but I, I, Pokemon itself is just, like, built on glitches in general. Like, Gen 1. Oh, yeah. There's actually, somebody did a documentary on it. I, or maybe it was not a documentary. It might have been like a did you know gaming type deal on Mew where they talked about uh, the creation of Mew. This is this. I guarantee this comes back to glitches. Um, I promise. Uh, <laughs> and <laughs> they they talked about because uh, Game Freak started out as a magazine and it started out as a magazine that would report on just tips from arcade people that like to go to arcades. Oh, yeah. That's literally playground rumors because uh-huh. it would be nothing verifi- verifiable. You just like trust the person that said you to send it to you. So it's literally the like muse under the truck um, type deal 
So that's why Mew started working because people would hear about Mew. They found out about it and they would talk about how to get it. And it would just kept making the game more and more and more popular in uh-huh. Japan. I think the glitches did the same thing, right? Because you got this like playground rumor of like, hey, you could do like missing no. Here's how you do missing no, right? It's it's kind of nutsos, I think. Well, like think about all the different moves and stuff in Gen 1 that did the opposite of what it was supposed oh, to do. It was bad. That game's yeah. a mess. I mean, it's... It's a fun little disaster, but like so much of that game is hard to play now because yeah. of how frustrating some of it can be. Yeah. I think it's unfair for us to like, I think about to myself because um, we, we're doing the AMA on uh, on uh, Discord and somebody did ask me what my least favorite game was. I, I answered Gen 1 because it is literally my least favorite to play through. But if you look and you contextualize it for what it was at the time, it was mm-hmm. incredibly good. Like you oh, never sure. had any kind of RPG that could do that on a handheld console. Right. And I think, you know, on, on that note, you know, Gen 2 was so exciting because it allowed you to do all of that and more. Gen 2 is Gen two's great. Only because, I like, I'll say it again. Everybody's playing it wrong. <laughs> everybody's playing it wrong. You're supposed to just play it, like, little bit by little bit. Um, if you play yeah. it little bit by little bit, everything's fine. Instead of, like, binging it. You can't binge it. Where It doesn't comprehend with, like, how we play video games nowadays. Um, you can't just like go in and binge. I guess if you play Animal Crossing, you could be like, yeah, I can gen too. But you have to be that type of video game player. Huh. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's plenty of glitches in gen two as well. But <laughs> <laughs> my favorite, my favorite thing that's been happening recently, and I don't want to say I'm not saying that Pokemon games might be being rushed out. But in every single generation, I think since gen six, we've had an issue where they've had to patch the game within like the first month because the game will crash and delete your save data if you save in a particular city. Did Usually gen six have that issue in like Lumio City where if you could, yes. you could save and you couldn't? It happened again in gen seven too. It happened in gen seven really? too. And Did it happened it? in gen eight. Yeah. Oh, I don't remember that. It happened. It happened more than once. Oh, man. It happens, like, at the beginning of every gen. It's, like, wherever, like, the most NPCs or the most action's happening, it, I, I feel like they just don't plan ahead for that. And it just happens. Yeah, it's it happened, It deletes though. the save? It doesn't delete the save. It just, like, locks you in a weird way. It, it's very confusing to explain. But, like, yeah, it, it really messes with uh, with a lot of things. What the idea is... Because there's a lot of act, you see a lot of activity going on that it just yeah the yeah because it, it's like it. the busiest cities. Like I believe the other one that it happens in is like one of the first cities you go into on Mele Mele Island because that uh-huh. one has a lot of stuff going on in it. And I believe it also happened there. And I forget which one, but I I think like every gen, I just kind of like wait for that update where it's just like, where is it not safe to save now? <laughs> <laughs> every new game. That comes out in the gen just because it, it happens. And that, I mean, it's fine. It's not something because it, like it's not something you get until you uber stress test the game. Mm-hmm. But I, I find so, it funny. As someone that isn't overly familiar with some of the glitching and stuff behind the scenes, like in gen four, it was able to be patched. Or was that right with something no. they, they were able to patch stuff or when, when, when could they start patching for glitches? Like not when until did that start gen becoming six. an option for them? Not until gen six. Really? Yeah. Really? I thought there was something with like, um, Oh, there was some kind of way like where you connected and some they could they could they could retroactively patch an issue with like Gen four or Gen five. So the way they did it in Gen three, and they might have done this similarly in uh, Gen Gen four. Mm-hmm. So Gen three, um, there's a berry glitch in Ruby and Sapphire, not not in um, Leaf Green, Fire Red, or even Emerald. There's this thing called a berry glitch where after your game does X number of days cycles, it just won't reset, and so your berries okay. will just stop growing. Oh yeah. They did come out with a patch for that. It is in the worst way that most people probably did not have access to. 
I have access to it, which is kind of cool. Uh, <laughs> but it's uh, if you got the Jirachi bonus disc from pre-ordering Pokemon Coliseum, where you can get Jirachi Wait, really? on your Ruby, and it, yeah, it would update the berry glitch for you. It fixes the berry glitch. <laughs> Fascinating. Yeah, yeah I think that's, that's I, I think that's what I was thinking about too. Actually, to be honest, was some kind of like event. They might have done it through like if you went because there were a lot of like go to GameStop get this Pokemon distributions for Diamond and Pearl. Mm-hmm. There were a lot of those. I remember doing those pretty often. Especially like just back in high school, because like you'd go there, I'd go there with like my friends and stuff and be like, yeah, let's go get these Pokemon and not talk to anybody. <laughs> if you can get it from outside the store, you're doing even better. <laughs> See, my experience with uh, Gen 4, and this is why I really kind of enjoyed playing BDSP for the, uh, for the, you know, the experience is my friend group discovered how to generate mons. And so we played mm-hmm. through Gen 4 through with Gen mons. And that was like, not quite the experience you should have, but uh, mm-hmm. I, that's one of the reasons I was really excited about playing the game. That's just really nostalgic, right? Like, I think this is something that's kind of been lost over time with Pokemon. I think Pokemon is about how you play Pokemon. I don't think it oh, matters sure. about how this person plays Pokemon or how that pe- person plays Pokemon. And I think sometimes the modern way they design Pokemon games prevents that. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Which is unfortunate, but it, I, I'm hoping they, they change course. Well... It's fun if you've discovered glitches and you like exploit them to have fun. Who cares? Yeah, I mean that's kind of how I feel about the shaman glitch, or I guess it's a glitch where people are able to surf up to him in BDSP. Like, who cares? That was a thing also in Base Diamond and Pearl too, I believe. Was actually, it? yeah, where you could you could glitch through walls and stuff like that, and people use that to go get Darkrai and Shaman and also Arceus at the time. Yeah, and I don't see any problem with that. I mean, it's in the game; it's there. Yeah, so, I, that's why they stopped. That's what, actually why they stopped doing it, because people would discover the mythicals, like, super easy that way, not even through, like, data mining the games, which is why now, like, Zarud wasn't in base sword and shields, right? They they wanted to keep their yeah. secret. Uh, worst secret to hide from us, by the way, was Zarud. <laughs> <laughs> like, that's, like, the least inspired mythical I've ever seen, but it's fine. Yeah, yeah. One of my favorite glitches of all time that happened in Pokemon was the Skydrop glitch that happened. Oh, uh, Skydrop. T- tell me about that, because it, it got, like, banned from competitive play. Yeah. Move. So what's the deal with Skydrop? Okay, so Skydrop the move, what it does is, um, it, it's a two-turn attack, but what it does is it actually picks up the opposing Pokemon, and so that Pokemon becomes an active for a turn, essentially, while mm-hmm. you're up in the air f- flying, and then you drop him, and it does damage. But what would happen, this was, this was this perpetuated all the way through Gen 5, black, black, white, black 2, white, white 2. And so mm-hmm. it happened, it specifically occurs in double battles and triple battles. But if you're using gravity at the same time, if you use gravity while the two Pokemon are in the air, the Pokemon using Skydrop and the Pokemon they picked up, uh, what ends up happening is I believe they never actually leave the invulnerable state or the semi-invulnerable state. Interesting. Yeah. It is uh, really broken and bad. I, I think, didn't they get rid of Skydrop finally? I might have. Was that one of the cold? I can imagine they would keep that move. It didn't have a lot of value. Yeah, it was cold. Um, I'll check, though. Yeah. It was definitely cold. It, it, I mean, because they still had the issue even in, like, Sun and Moon. It was it was just really nasty and weird. It, it was, it's a weird, a weird, weird, terrible glitch. <laughs> <laughs> and it's a weird, weird, terrible move that didn't need to exist. So, it, yeah, Skydrop was, like, really bad. Because, like, they actually... Um, so we went to... I went to the 2011 National Championships just to watch when those happened. That was back when they were in Indianapolis. I have to say, out of the two convention centers that I've been to nationals at, I think the Indianapolis mm-hmm. one's nicer. 
I've been to their convention centers. They're nice. Yeah. I, I, that convention center, the, Indi- the Indianapolis Convention Center, I think is nicer than the Columbus Convention Center. Mm-hmm. Regardless, they actually used to have like signs posted like about like the rules and like there, there's like three bullets and one of them is just like, don't use Skydrop. <laughs> and I thought that was hilarious because especially in Gen 5, you didn't have the like the team check ability that they have now. Well, team check ability in quotes that they have now. Because I'm pretty sh- when I went and competed in 2018, like all they did was take my 3ds and like make sure that I could connect to uh, I could connect to Wi-Fi or something and go online with that team. Like that was their hack check. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's a legality check, guys. Uh, yeah, yeah. Um, but it, yeah, that's the kind of stuff. Um, but it's really hard because like you could have somebody just like accidentally walk in with SkyDrop or something back in Gen Five during competitive. Mm-hmm. It's just something to to keep in mind. Oh, no, I I I find I get a good hoot and a holler out of that. <laughs> Granted, not a lot of people get uh, not a lot of Pokemon get Sky Drop to begin with. I think it's like Brady or Halucha. Yeah, I remember busted. it being just busted. It was busted. Like the game, the, like the move just never worked properly. Like never, it never interacted well with gravity. I think um, it, that and what was it? Uh, Chatter were like two of the only moves that ever got banned because of yes. some of the programming stuff with them was just wonky because people would just screech into their microphones for Chatter <laughs> to get the highest base power damage. Yeah, it's true. <laughs> it's true. So funny. It is, it's really dumb. Like the, that glitch was, yeah, that one just brings back memories because it's just like, yeah. And, and if you look at that too, <laughs> like I, it moves like Skydrop. I I totally understand the move culling, and I to- I totally understand them culling things in general from Pokemon because it does get complicated. And I definitely believe that Pokemon has spaghetti code. Yeah, <laughs> like at this point, like yeah, I like I absolutely believe it. Like I'm willing to forgive BDSP all of its issues, all of the glitches, just because I guarantee you they spent more time than anything else just porting the engine to Unity. Like that that is my very steadfast opinion. <laughs> Well, was it was it you thought you were saying that um, there was a lot of different teams who ended up working on BDSP? Yeah. So I imagine there's a lot yeah. of like probably having to sew it all together, so to speak. Well, going to Unity is definitely a good move, in my opinion, because it's a platform that just game developers know how to do. Mm-hmm. I'm sure Pokemon doesn't like it entirely. Like, I, I guarantee it, w- it was one of those things where they kind of like did it like really like they, like there was definitely like an internal monologue where they just said, I don't really want to do this. And that's probably because they wouldn't be able to keep their spaghetti code inti- intact. And it was, um, the, the exciting thing about being in Unity, um, I mean, this is, this is pseudo like tangential to, to glitches is that you can mod mm-hmm. these like very easily because they're in Unity. Um, so you can, you would, you can potentially just use this, uh, cause you know how we get like ROMs all the time of older uh-huh. games. They could use this for a ROM, like a ro- the base of a ROM. Huh. And so we can get Pokemon in, uh, like, we can get BDSP-style ROMs of Pokemon games, which is really exciting for the fan community. Yeah. So it's just, it's it's interesting in that regard, because it's it's easy to do. Yeah. Um, but, I mean, it means it's also easier for other people to, like, come in and help out. And I'm wondering if that's part of the issue that they've been having in general. Manpower? Is just that, well, it's just ma- not manpower, but, like, there's probably a learning curve to working on a Pokemon game, because it's just like, this is our homebrew code. Oh, Yeah. And so you have to come in and you have to learn their homebrew code and it's probably buggy and it probably breaks things. <laughs> oh, yeah. It probably breaks things. But Unity is like a great move. So I will forgive all of the BDSP glitches, though they are many. Uh, the only thing that I, I didn't like about him was because they started patching them recently is people uh-huh. were just like, I'm not updating because I want to be able to clone. 
And it's just like, oh, yeah. uh, just like, it's fine, bud. Like, do you need that many, you know, Mareep or whatever you're trying to clone? I mean, just be like me and, you know, generate what you need, but. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Go spend $300 on a, on a, on a launch switch and just homebrew that. <laughs> uh, that's what you should do. Yeah, VDSP had a lot of glitches, though. I mean, like, that cloning glitch was one. I mean, that was just... That, I, I didn't look too much into it because I didn't really care. The Snowpoint Gym... Uh, that one's bad. I don't know if I yeah. call that a glitch. I mean, that was this? a failure. <laughs> um, so, so BDSP, uh, Mickey, lets you walk diagonal, right? You couldn't do that in Diamond Pro. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It turns out, though, they're just like, but this is still a grid-based game. That's what they keep telling themselves. But you can go <laughs> diagonal in the Snowpoint Gym. And if you go diagonal in the Snowpoint Gym, you can get yourself lodged into places that you could never get your lo- yourself lodged before. And you can end oh. up accidentally soft-locking yourself into the Snowpoint oh. Gym. Fascinating. Yeah. Well thought out. Well uh, thought very, out. Very well executed. But yeah, it's uh, absolutely terrifying. Yeah, because I think that had to, uh, something to do with the autosave, too. Well, yeah, so you could auto- end up autosaving after you get yourself soft-locked. So then you're pretty much screwed and you're soft locked in that position, yeah, you're just, right? Yeah, you're just in the gym now forever. You, yeah, your character's in the gym on that save forever unless you reboot the game, uh, restart the game. It was uh, absolutely uh, nuts. That was yeah. uh, that was ins- it, absolutely nuts. <laughs> I still turn off my uh, even after getting the patch just to be safe. I turn off my auto save. Yeah, I do not uh, disagree with you uh, doing that. It yeah, it was uh, very very scary. <laughs> in that note. But yeah, Diamond and like BDSP had uh, their their share of issues because of that. Yeah, it, yeah, it's unfortunate. But uh, the only thing, the thing I really appreciate about BDSP though is they like shrunk the number of version exclusives down pretty low. They they got rid of most of them. I think I, I think they got rid of a lot. That never really bothered me too much. I think this was really cool for the Pokemon community in general, though, to kind of like have those moments. It was kind of nostalgic. Yeah, exactly. It's like everybody is complaining, and it's like you guys. Think about think about where we've come from. Yeah. This is what we do. Yeah. Like, uh, no, we love breaking the game, right? Like it's part of the Pokemon <laughs> experience is enjoying the the failures of the code. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it kind of is from a nostalgia standpoint because I don't think uh, like when you're kids, and this is mostly for older Pokemon fans, probably. Like if you're a Pokemon fan under the age of twenty, I don't think mm-hmm. you've experienced any like real broken Pokemon game until this. Yeah. Because, like, X and Y, we can talk about their glitches in terms of, like, being able to save in Lumio City and whatnot. But this one was, like, the first, like, I'm walking through walls, you yeah. know, and I'm, I'm surfing a shaman. So <laughs> it's, I still uh, might do. <laughs> I don't know. I'm just going to wait for the event because obviously they want to do the events in this. Right. Yeah. That's I'm excited about what that. I was thinking. I'm very excited for the events in this just because it's it's a way to relive them. It's a way to, for me to experience them because the only way I could do it mm. in my childhood was like glitching the game with like some kind of um what were not Game Shark whatever that thing was uh, action replay I know which one I know exactly which one you're talking about so I, I couldn't experience the Shaman event the Darkrai event um you know the RCS event I know we can't still experience the RCS event but I, I couldn't uh, do any of those as a kid yeah. without having to glitch the game so it's cool to have that opportunity now hopefully I think we might get the RCS event in this game I would hope. I could see it after uh, Legends launches that they have after the Legends launches. For, I think they well. So right. if you look in the game code in version 1.0, they have like an unfinished Spear Pillar like top floor. Okay, uh, the Hall of Origins. They've got a they've got like a unfinished one, and they wiped it when they went to 1.1. They're like, no, if that's not there, we promise. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, 
So I imagine it comes in a future update um, with the Azure Flute or something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, as Jenichi Masuda is like 14 year later, like, I'm sorry I didn't let you do this event. You can do it now, I guess. Or I guess it'll be 15 year. Uh, I'm sorry at that point. But hey, you didn't get to do this. Here you go. You can do the Azure Flute now, uh, which would be kind of cool. Mm-hmm. It'd be kind of cool. But th- for those of you who want to play like OG Gen 4, by the way, you can get these events still. Uh, I want to make that clear. Um, I don't have it on hand, but there's a website you can go to where you like go on your DS, your DS, and you futz with the um, you futz with the DNS settings on your 3DS, and you can actually connect to a specific server that allows you to get all of the Wi or get a bunch of events through Wi-Fi. Oh, really? that's cool. Um, including it's like a random lottery because <laughs> it just like cycles, but you can get them. So if you if you ever want those events, that's a cool way to get them. That person's really <laughs> cool for running that on their server. So Yeah, that's pretty cool. I like that. Mm-hmm. Both Gen 4 and Gen 5 events, I believe. Gen 4 is a little bit more finicky to get set up, but you can do it. It's not too bad. Definitely recommend if you want to like have like the legit experience. You can get Victini if you play through black and white, you know? So it's totally worth it. <laughs> totally, totally worth it. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, glitches. <laughs> glitches. Uh, They're glitches. still there. They're still fun. Some They're of them are still there. breaking. Yeah. Uh, there were a lot of glitches. I mean, they weren't game-breaking, and they were just fun. Yeah. And yeah. I, I really enjoy how the Pokemon community kind of came together to, like, find it out and, like, get really psyched about it. Oh, absolutely. I think these games were going to be much excited, much more exciting after, like, just being like, oh, hey, Pokemon. That's cool. Uh, <laughs> but it turned out to be pretty cool. So I, I'm really here for it. But I guess this is a good place to stop. We're going to kick it on over to the Pokemon of the episode. We will catch you on the flip-flop. Pokemon of the episode. And welcome to our Pokemon of the episode. Our Pokemon of the episode this week is National Dex number 784, Komoo, the scaly Pokemon. It clatters its tail scales to unnerve opponents. This Pokemon will only battle those who stand steadfast in the face of this display. So we talked about BDSP, so we decided we're going to give you a Swish BSS team today. <laughs> yeah, it made sense. Uh, it made sense. No, it's just that we have like a repository of teams to use, and uh, this is the only one that was unused so far. <laughs> we have to replenish. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but Komo'o is a uh, dragon fighting type from Sun and Moon, so it's in Sword and Shield. Um, this is a uh, Battle Stadium singles team, so for those of you at home, that's 3v3, uh, bring six, choose three. And mm-hmm. uh, Komo is good. It's a pseudo-legend. You've got 110 attack, 125 defense. I didn't realize it's 125 defense. Oh, man. 100 yeah, special attack, yeah. 105 special defense. I mean, the 75 HP definitely, like, knocks that down a little bit, but um, an, 85, an 85 speed. So it's, uh, yeah, it, it, Komoo is pretty cool, and we've got a team for him today. Uh, I guess I'll start with Komoo uh, today. This is a, a BSS team. He did get this new move uh, in Generation 8 called Klingerous Soul, which this one is running. Uh, it's essentially an Omni boost for everything for Komo. Yeah. It makes up for losing his special Z move because that really made Komo special in Gen 7. That made Komo usable in Gen 7. <laughs> yeah. He was not usable until then. So they're just like, let's just make that an actual move because it's not that broken. Yeah, which is uh, what happened. So we've got Komo holding a throat spray today. He's got the soundproof ability because... Why not? I don't think he has anything else worthwhile, actually. Uh, bulletproof. And he's got Bullet- overcoat and bulletproof. They're all good abilities. Bull- bulletproof's not bad. I like soundproof better because I think you'll see hyper voices coming at it more regularly than you mm-hmm. will like a sludge bomb or something. 
Um, this one's, uh, these spreads, I don't know the answers to why they are the way they are. I apologize in advance. Um, but this is a 20 HP Komo-O with 252 special attack, 236 speed, rash nature, because you don't want to decrease both its, uh, attack and special attack. You just want to decrease, I believe, rash is defense, special defense? No, that's defense. Minus defense, uh, uh, plus speed, I believe. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, I don't know off the top of my head. I believe it's minus defense, though. <laughs> It is Clinging Scales, um, Drain Punch, Taunt, and Clinger of Souls. That way you can get, uh, like, plus two special attack on Clinging Scales the first time. Yep. And then you have Drain Punch for recovery. This is uber hyper offense. Speaking of hyper offense, uh, the Poltegeist that's also on this team is doing what I would call Poltegeist things. Uh, <laughs> Mostly. This is uh, Focus Ash with weak armor. So if you hit it, its uh, speed goes up, but its defense goes down. Uh, four attack, two at 52 special attack, 252 speed, and, uh, it's like a mild nature with shadow ball, shell smash, stored power, and sucker punch. So you just shell smash, and then maybe you're lucky and you can do it twice, and then you can stored power all day. <laughs> um, and just go for the win if there's no dark types left. And I'm not sure what the current meta looks like, but it probably doesn't have a lot of dark types running around. Um, there's lots of Zacian running around. Lots of Zacian. Yeah. Yeah, so this uh, doesn't really break Zacian super well, but if you get rid of Zacian, it can do yes. quite a bit. I mean, I'm sure that stored power – I'm sure after a boost, Shadow Ball does quite a bit to Zacian. Yes, maybe probably. Mostly obliterate it. It's a worthy trade. Poltegeist for Molsa Zacian is pretty worthwhile. Absolutely. Uh, all right. Uh, somebody take two more of these guys. We didn't talk about it. Uh, yeah. Man. Do it, Mark. Speaking of Zacian, we have Zacian crowned with a rusted <laughs> sword. Uh and uh, the intri- it's, the ability is Intrepid Sword, of course. We have because it's exhaustion. Yeah, because, of, yeah. <laughs> EVs are 252 HP, 220 attack, 4 defense, 4 special defense, and 28 speed. I'm not exactly sure what's going on there. Very standard. Um, is that standard with these guys? I have no idea. I have no idea, actually. Okay. Um, <laughs> well, it's got an adamant nature. It has Iron Head, Play Rough, Close Combat, and Quick Attack. You know, it, it's doing Zacian things for sure. Iron Head is Behemoth Blade, by the way, just so everybody's aware. Yeah. It's not yes. not running a Behemoth Blade. Iron Head is there. It's fine. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, ne- next, we have Zapdos. We've got some leftovers. Ability is Pressure. Uh, EVs are 252 HP, 4 spe- uh, Special Attack, and 252 Speed. We've got Timid Nature, along with Discharge, Hurricane, Substitute, and Roost. So yeah, it's doing what it does. Sit there. Um, I guess PP stall. It's not even trying to static, which is peculiar, but it's got discharge for that. So I guess it's okay. I think that's why. Yeah. I mean, it, it does shut down Zacian pretty well mm-hmm. because Zacian ends up burning through his PP pretty quickly. Um, sure. But yeah. It would be nice to have seen like a heat wave or something. Yeah. I mean, yeah, it's okay. Yeah. It's still a Zapdos. It's still really good. It's hard to deal with Zapdos. Yeah. Yes. That's true. Next up, we've got Landorus, who's also serving a kind of bulkier role on this team. He's got a Rocky Helmet, Intimidate, because that's his ability. 244 HP, 12 attack, 252 defense. Uh, Impish Nature, so to get that defense up even higher. Earthquake, Stone Edge, U-Turn, Stealth Rock. Pretty standard lead with the Stealth Rock, and then you can pivot out um, and then get into some of your breakers now that you have the rocks on the field to get rid of any sort of Sash play. And then our final member of the team is a Tapu Fini holding a Choice Specs, Misty Surge, because that's a nice ability. 252 HP, 4 defense, 196 special attack, 
Four, special defense, 52 speed to probably creep just past something that's uninvested. Couldn't tell you what at the moment. Modest nature for the extra firepower. Surf, Moonblast, Shadow Ball, and Trick. So you can cripple something with the Trick, or you could just hit everything for mega damage with the specs. Yeah. And that's the team. Yeah. You can go BSS this up uh, instead of playing in a tidy tourney where everybody disconnects from you. <laughs> yeah. They're too scared. I was just too good at tiny tourney, okay? That's what happened. Yeah. Clearly. I get it. It's too good a tiny tourney. They didn't like it because uh, I think the 200 people that actually signed up and played, uh, none of them were very good. They just thought Squavit was really good, but <laughs> Choice Band Grookey was there. Okay. I, that's, I'm not, I'm surprised that wasn't like on everyone's team, Choice Band Grookey. I was really surprised. Seems like a I ran into like none. Um, the thing I it, ran into a lot on in tiny tourney was Rufflet. Rufflet everywhere. Huh interesting which i i mean i don't blame them because they let you dynamax it's a weird it's a weird meta because it's like it's still because it has hustle doesn't it yeah it has hustle so you just dynamax so you don't care about accuracy well you probably want it for the defiant more than anything because litten people are probably worried about litten yeah which is i guess i've seen different types of ruffle i mean it has like two or three good abilities for what this meta is good Mm -hmm. on you ruffle all right. Well, this is the team. If you want to use it, we'll have it on the Discord. You guys can go try it out. Um, I'd give away a shiny Komo, but you're getting better things than shiny Komo this week. So, uh, go over there and get it. All right. So on that note, uh, we're going to kick it on over to the mailbag. And welcome to the mailbag. Our mailbag, as always, is the place where you can send us emails at pucklepodcast.gmail.com, and we'll probably read them on the show. We typically have a question each week. Last week, we asked you to fill out the uh, tweet that we talked about last week, which is a lot of fun. So we're going to be able to go through that for a few of you here today. Um, but more importantly, this segment is brought to you by the energy drink Green Tauros, the energy drink that gives you hooves. 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 Enthusiasm. Uh, all right. <laughs> so uh, moving on. We are going to go ahead and jump into this first email, who is going to be from uh, Coolidge. Uh, and he says, what it do, Puckle Crew? Coolidge here, longtime listener, first time writing an email. I wanted to write in for a long time, but never knew how to start it. Pokemon Tweets gives me a good structure and the confidence to craft a good email. So here goes nothing. Uh, this was a tweet last uh, that came out last week or the week before where Pokemon asked you for your favorite game, your first game, um, your last game, and your most played game. So this was uh, first Pokemon game, Yellow. When I was 10, Red and Blue came out. I was jealous of my friends playing these great new games where you get to catch and battle monsters. By the time Yellow came out, I had finally convinced my mom to buy me a Game Boy and a Pokemon game. The tables were turned. The friends I I once was jealous of were now jealous of me. I got to start with Pikachu and he followed me around just like Ash Ketchum. I spent more time on Pokemon Silver than Yellow, which were my two childhood games, but I'm happy I got to start on Yellow. Last game that he's played, was a BDSP. I was excited. Now, I appreciate Swish more. <laughs> I believe Jushiro last week said last week he resets a lot just to play through the games again with a new team. I also love doing this, and this Sinnoh decks just kills it for me. I do not disagree. Uh, if I could access National decks before Gym 3, I'd play BDSP 10 or 20 times. I think I'll just complete the decks and put it down. Mining stinks. The underground is good enough for me to complete the deck. Uh, the underground is good enough for me to complete the decks. I wish sh- statues and bases were implemented better. I hope they never do another remake like this again. <laughs> <laughs> oh, 
like no no i i don't disagree with this because everybody's like is harping on like gen 5 remakes now right and oh, i'm like yeah, you course. guys just <laughs> saw what we got right you yeah. just saw what we got you don't want this again uh i don't want this again uh yeah, uh, blah, blah, blah. Favorite Pokemon game, Pokemon Y. Pokemon Y was my Pokemon renaissance. I played Yellow and Silver, as mentioned before, but stopped after that and didn't pick up another Pokemon game until Y. Yeah, me too. I think that's a lot of people. I loved Stadium as a kid, so when XY got announced and for the first time on cartridge, there were full-on 3D Pokemon battles, I was intrigued. When I saw you could change my appearance, I was sold. When I played through Kalos and found this vast array of amazing Pokemon, I fell in love Having missed Gen 3, 4, and 5, I was meeting new Pokemon constantly and loved it. I could also Mega Evolve Pokemon I had fallen in love with as a child. Game Freak was punching me in the face with nostalgia. That was Gen, Gen 6, <laughs> to be fair. Fairy type, a berry farm, France. There's not a single thing I can complain about with my experience in X and Y. I know the community thinks the rivals and baddies were lame. Honestly, it was the last time I got, like, generic villain plot. So, yeah. I kind of, at this point, I miss it a little bit. Uh I, I guess Gen I guess Gen eight technically had generic villain plot, but you didn't know about the villain until like the I, very end. I I would disagree with that. I think it was a little different from the typical. You know, there is a villainous team doing something ridiculous. Go stop them. It was the first one in which they faced consequences, like going to prison. Yeah, yeah, right. At least he turned himself in. Like he knew he made a boo boo, so that's good yeah. for him. I also know the community didn't like the end game or lack thereof, but I reset the game so many times just to play through with new and interesting teams, I didn't notice the lack of an end game. I love Kalos and enjoyed all the time I spent there. Most played Pokemon game, Sword. Sword and Shield are great games. Max Raids and Dynamax Adventures is why it is my most played game. Turns out co-op Pokemon is fun, guys. <laughs> no, I, I, I think raid battles were one of the best ideas that they came up oh, with. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. 100%. Absolutely. I agree. I love Switch. The modern updates are great. The DLC is great. The DLC is great. Megas are cool, but Dynamax is better uh, because we got co-op out of it. I don't think Dynamax is better because we got co-op. I think you could do both. (laughs) Yeah, I don't think Dynamax is better than anything. I don't think Dynamax is that exciting of a mechanic, like from a casual perspective. You know what I mean? Like I think it's cool. Yeah, they get big. He big grookey. Big grookey. Big monk. (laughs) Okay. All right. Favorite Pokemon soundtrack. Silver. Silver was truly the quintessential childhood game for me, so I've put the nostalgia glasses on for this answer. You can't beat those GB sounds. You're you're 100%. He's right, though. (laughs) Yeah. I hope my answers weren't too long-winded. Thanks for everything you guys do. I truly appreciate it. Listening to Puckle is my favorite part of Mondays. Yours truly, Coolidge. Nice. Please don't read this part on the pod if you don't want to. I probably won't, but Stardew Valley's fun. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, All right. Next email is going to come from LP Cuts. LP Cuts. He says, hello, Puckle Crew. My first games were both Leaf Green and Ruby. I received both games as hand-me-down gifts from my brother after he completed them and got the Emerald version. The first one I played out of these two was Leaf Green. I'm so sorry. Yeah, (laughs) well... Like you and it, okay. Like we could talk about how BDSP wasn't a good remake, but I think I think Leaf Green's worse. Really, <laughs> really, yeah. Have you played these games? Have had, you played Leaf Green? It's bad. I played it so many times as a kid. I had a blast with that one. As a kid, you can but totally maybe, do it, but no, it does not. Well, age yeah, well, like at all. Like uh, the problem is, we got Omega Ruby, uh, Alpha Sapphire, and Heart Gold Soul Silver afterwards, and like those those two are like the way to do remakes, in my opinion. Yeah, I do not think that. 
Because, like, Gen-, Gen 6 was extended by Oraz, which is really interesting. I don't think yeah. BDSP's really extended Gen 8. No. Yeah, that's a good point. <laughs> Harkold Soul Silver definitely, like, extended. extended. I think that one, I don't know, like, I understand why Leaf Green Fire Red exists for multiple reasons. Yeah. One is that they left out a lot of those Pokemon from the Ruby and Sapphire Pokedex. And then two yeah. is that they saw that the uh, the initial wave of Pokemon Fathom uh being a, a pokemon being a fad was like ending and they're like what a better way to suck the kids back in than the one that started it all and i yeah. mean that's the same reason we got let's go pikachu and eevee let's be honest i mean i like i like leaf green and fire red for what they are especially when we it's really hard to make in modern day an entertaining game in kanto like it's just it really is it's very hard unless you're gonna vastly overhaul you know the way that the way that region looks and and you traverse it, it, there's just a lot of limitations on how much entertainment you can build in that region. I think Let's Go really kind of reinforce that. There's only, you know, the routing is still the same, yes. so it, it it feels outdated. So at least I enjoyed that they were ambitious somewhat with the Sevi Islands and that additional story. The Sevi Islands story is not as good as we remember as a kid. I can say I, that. I don't doubt it. I don't doubt that. I just appreciate that there was a good addition to the map size because it's not a very big map. I appreciate them trying to do it. And I don't I don't know why they're so adverse to doing things like, oh, let's make orange islands, you know, or something like that. Yeah. When when the fan base definitely has nostalgia for it. Um and you could easily like sell more stuff that way. Like Because they could make another <laughs> they could make another season going back to the Orange Islands. No, 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 no. I you could just be like, Hey, anime did this once. Here you go. Mm-hmm. They have the whole Pokemon TV thing that they're using. Like right now, they're just playing Voltorb episodes because Hisui and Voltorb <laughs> happened. <laughs> they could do something similar. Yeah, the, I guess. The anime is an excellent marketing tool. Yeah, yeah, that's what it's there for. Um, anyways, I, he says, uh, I'm very nostalgic of these sprite styles and love to see newer Pokemon in the Gen 3 sprite style. I'm also very nostalgic of Team Aqua, as they were the quote-unquote good guys in Ruby, and my affinity for water types was fortified by that version of the story. That's kind of fun. That's cute. Um, My last Pokemon game was Shield. I feel the same way as most of you, which transitions to me to my next (laughs) answers, as it may also be my favorite at the moment. I'm not going to hype it up too much, because it does frustrate me that some of the popular Pokemon were left out, while some questionable ones were made to cut. Though there are flaws, the Isle of Armor was great DLC. Like Thatch, I really wish they would have followed the success with more DLC and building upon the game to make it possibly the best game, but dreamers are often left with just that, dreams. Some of the new features like raids and camping together made it possible for my best friend and I to play together even while he was sent to South Korea by the army. Oh. Now that he is home, we are planning a Christmas tournament with some other friends. Oh, that's nice. That's fun. Yeah. I miss being able to do stuff like that. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, the longevity of my enjoyment from this installa- installment brings me hope for what is to come with Legends of Ar- Arceus. Uh, also, I love my little soccer playing rabbit. The first fire start uh, type starter I have liked over the water option, which, yeah, I... Th- in Sword and Shield, that's definitely true. Um, my most played game is surprisingly not Shield. Even though I put hundreds of hours in this game, I have racked even more in Emerald. To make a long story short, the Gen 3 games helped me make it through a rough childhood. It was my escape. Uh, my favorite game soundtrack was hands down Ruby, Sapphire, and Emerald. A lot of fond memories and good feelings. It'd be lame, but I have downloaded their soundtrack on Spotify to listen while I play Shield. <laughs> <laughs> Replace that music. <laughs> we can do those mini trumpets. Yeah, right. 
<laughs> Thank you. Merry Christmas. Stay happy and healthy. Sincerely, LP Cuts. Wonderful. Uh, next one, and this is the last one for today, because uh, these have been kind of long. It is going to be from uh, Bosophus, uh, and that's going to be P. McGee. Yeah, I've got lanes. it. All right. What it do, Puckle Crew? It's your old friend Bo shouting a big old what's up to all of the Puckleonians out there. I just finished listening to last week's episode on my way to work, and right at the sign-off, I found myself in tears of nostalgia. Is it cheesy to cry while listening to a song you wrote eight years ago? Probably. (laughs) And yes, it really has been eight years. To respond to one of the mailbag questions, I think my favorite game slash generation has to be Gen 6. Back in the days before life was so time-consuming, I think back to playing with all my friends on the PSS, trying to get as many friend safaris as I possibly could, interacting and playing with everyone at Puckle, and overall being a part of a growing, being part of growing the podcast that we know and love today. Nothing ever has, and I don't think nothing ever will surpass that feeling of unity, community, and serendipity I feel and still feel at about that time. I wanted to write in just to share my feelings and to let you know I love you all and miss you dearly, friends. I have been in the Discord much more frequently as of late and hope to run into everyone there at some point in the near future. I hope this email finds you well and may Puckle ever prosper in the new year to come. I'll catch you all on the flip-flop. Trainer Bosephus signing off. Well, thanks, Bo. Actually, I remember playing the PSS. It was a big deal. Like, PSS made things so Mm -hmm. much easier. And I think the closest we've gotten to that is YCOM, unfortunately, slash fortunately. Yeah. That's like the closest we've gotten to it. I still wish they would like let you friend people easier and just so you could have your friends easily accessible. Yeah. The trade codes are a good compromise, I think. Like trade and link codes are just uh, yeah. are, are, are very uh, are very good compromises. I suppose. I think it well, I agree PSS was better, but if- uh I think I think with both two with the dual screens, I don't understand why it wasn't done in Gen 7. Oh yeah, I agree. Well, I think it's because they wanted to push Rotom decks down our throat, but that's a different story. <laughs> I I really appreciate what Ycom is for a single screen experience, and being that I don't have to enter a friend code in to Pokemon Sword and Shield to be able to trade with people or into my Switch makes my life feel a lot better. Yeah. All right. So before we end, though, uh, who who do you think deserves the Green Taurus badge? That's the question. Uh, I'm feeling like Coolidge. Yeah, I feel. I'm Coolidge cool with Coolidge. Too. Coolidge, you got the badge. Come out of the Discord Congrats. ask for it. It's all yours. Finally, uh, we'll finish here. Um, if you want to email us uh, what your favorite Pokemon glitch has been or is or what, um, please send it to us uh, to, at PucklePodcast at gmail.com and we'll read it next week. Until then, uh, let me think. Oh, you want to come to PuckleDiscord.com, hang out, get the Advent Pokemon. You want to follow us over on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and Tumblr. You want to be able to go over to YouTube at YouTube.com slash PucklePodcast to get more uh, content. Um, I've got some ideas coming and brewing in my head, so there's probably going to be some more stuff that's happening soon, Um, especially Mm -hmm. if you miss streams, because I'm trying to make streams more of a production. So if you miss those, there's definitely content to be had there. Uh, You can go ahead and follow us on on Twitch as well, over at twitch.tv slash thepucklepodcast. Maybe even leave a Twitch Prime sub. Or you can support the show by going over to patreon.com at patreon.com slash pucklepodcast, where we got a variety of rewards, and you can check them out over there. Um, so please do, and let's have a good time. Uh, don't forget Thursdays, uh, also Puckle Plus, uh, has an episode coming out. I forget what it is this week. <laughs> it might be a trivia rewind. So on that note, Ooh. we are going to go ahead and we're going to end the show here. I have been Trainer Thatch. I have been P. Sparsky. McGee. Oh, you cut me <laughs> off. It's fine. I'll close. And I have been P. McGee. And here in the Lavender Town Radio Tower, it's closing time. <laughs>